You know who's been ripping mad toots lately? Noah. That little kid toots like you wouldn't believe. Walk around, <laughs> he toots like every three steps. It's hilarious. And he thinks it's funny too, which is kind of funny. <laughs> How does that start so young with guys? Dude, honestly, honestly, nothing like, is funnier than a fart joke. Toilet humor starting so young and it just never gets old. How old are we now? It's still hilarious. Welcome back to another episode of the Open Road Podcast. My name is Jeremy. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Calvin, and we another are Another episode? <laughs> We're here to bring you the scoop on how to find adventure in your every day. That's why we get up in the morning and do this podcast. Jer, I've got the juice lately. We are doing it. Like We are finding adventure in our every day. How, Absolutely, it's like, we are. It is a liberating way to live your life, to think about things uh, in a whole new way. Jerry, you've been doing it. I've been doing it. I'd encourage our guests, or sorry, not our guests, but our listeners, if you are not locked on to this way of living, join the club. It's a <laughs> great place to be. Calvin is has got the juice because he's just coming off of what something that is very rare in married life, which is a... 10-day bachelor extravaganza. Batching it up. (laughs) His wife was in Florida. Colin, what did you keep yourself busy with over the last 10 days? Wife, uh, maybe it was like eight or nine days. Wife, baby, gone. Left the country. (laughs) Very little communication over that period of time. Left to my own devices. Um, I had some interesting things happen. I, like, food-wise, dear, like, first of all, bachelor living is like you always think it's going to be like a fun week it's not fun (laughs) it's not good like you don't really get it like accomplish a whole lot i had some big goals and didn't accomplish them um the food situation was bad (laughs) like pretty bad like capital b bad like capital b bad like in line (laughs) in line at uh little caesars for hot and ready's on the regular multiple days (laughs) six out of the ten which is, I'm pretty sold out on hot and ready, Jerry. I used to be on the fence with them. Now it's just out of the park. It's the best deal going. Um, okay. You perhaps heard my rant of buying those barbecue chickens at the grocery store being the best deal going. Uh, yep. That is also a good deal. Next best is the hot dog, the jumbo hot dog at Costco. And I got to throw hot and ready in there now. That is good value. It's $5.99. And you got a whole freaking pizza and it's good. Only so, thing about it that I notice is that similar to McDonald's fries, you have got to eat that baby hot. If it goes cold, it's pooched. So it's hot and it's ready, but when it gets cold, it is deady? It's it's so deady. And the weird <laughs> thing is like you can't just sit down there and eat it because they don't no, even have no, chairs no, 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 in that place. Nothing. Yeah. You got to just take that baby right into the car. And you don't really blame them for not having chairs because no. you know if they put chairs in there, then that pizza's going up to 650. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And there's no room for chairs. They're they're tiny little restaurants. Whole line, all single dudes. Never felt more at home in my life. Yeah, (laughs) Obviously. The other thing that I've got onto eating in Bachelor Living was going to the grocery store and the uh, a la carte chicken wings. (laughs) (laughs) Also, just a line of single dudes. (laughs) Uh, This is why, this is really why we, why we get married. I Men were not meant reason. to live on their own. They like, were the survival not. rate is not good. 
But think about how much money you saved on groceries this week. Let's do so. Check it out. I did the math, Jer. I had four days of meals. Yeah. Uh, Four days. That's twelve meals. Sixteen dollars. What? Yes. I bought I bought weird stuff and then I just like ate it and then I skipped a lot of meals. I'll be honest. (laughs) Skipped a lot of meals. You know, I threw Um, in a couple of Henrys there to tide me over to to tide me over to the next meal. Full size O'Henry's. Like, no, I just was not living my best life, and I'll fully admit that. Okay, but you did find adventure while your while your family was gone. 100% found adventure. Okay, hit me with one of the most adventurous things that you did. You already told me about it, but I need you to, to tell the masses. I mean, Jared, I know what you're talking about, but I don't want to limit it to one thing. Because I, I went a little wild. But okay, no, well, the thing that we're talking about is um, I went on uh, one night and I uh, threw down some stand-up comedy. Your first ever set. Six minutes first of run, Calvin buddy. alone on the freaking stage trying to get the LOLs out of a real live audience. I am so proud of you, man. Trying to draw out some LOLs on the big stage. It was uh, it was an interesting process, Jer. Um, I'm pretty excited that I, I did it and it was just really nice to kind of get over that hump. And I was talking to another like comic buddy of mine and, uh, and we're just talking about like the hardest thing was that first go, like just to get over that kind of the initial intimidation factor of, of getting up there and putting it all out on the line. Um, and I just feel kind of liberated. I've used that word a couple of times now and freeing that I've done that and, you know, keep pushing forward. It, it, I'm not surprised that you feel that because it is absolutely the first hurdle when you're mm-hmm. when you're writing comedy. Like it's so safe for you to sit at your computer right now in your living 100%. room and type yep. out what you think is kind of funny. And I mean, I read some of your stuff. It definitely is funny. Um, but then it's a completely different thing to march your butt up onto a stage and do it. And I've noticed there's a very big difference between writing. Like I have a lot of, like I write like um, for another little group that I do, I write um, like a weekly email, which is pretty like, it's just like a funny email update every week for a group. And like, that's fun to write. But I mean, it's very much like that's non-transferable into stand-up comedy. Like it's, it's, I didn't really realize the big gap of writing kind of funny blog style and then actually transferring that to no, like writing something that you're going to perform is very different. Yeah. So and that's think, kind of like, I feel like I was caught up for a long time in writing blog style. Now I need to kind of do a fairly big shift into writing performance-based material. Yeah, that's really interesting because if you think about when you're reading like a good story, mm-hmm. it's like I'm in the story. And if someone is reading the story to me, it's like this isn't a conversation. This isn't like exactly. bringing exactly. me... I mean, a story definitely brings you in. But yeah, there's this interesting difference between... Uh, between that writing and actually talking. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like for sure, learning a lot. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like I got to um, chat with the, kind of like the club owner afterwards, and uh, and the guy that kind of runs the comedy night, just to get some feedback and uh, and like how I did. And they gave me like some really good advice, and so just kind of moving forward and next steps. That was good to do. Do you remember one of the tips they told you? Yeah, like one of the things that he said to me. Um, I forget maybe. One of them said to me, um, just with the, the bits that I was doing, um, he said, like, it was really good, like, 
well rehearsed. Like I like that you just kind of went up and I didn't bring any notes or anything on stage. I just kind of, I did have it relatively well memorized. Yeah. And he said for so much of that, like you were really, really close on so much of it, but it just kind of in the last like little bit, it needs to be tweaked to where you can really like kind of send it home. Right. So that was kind of neat. So like just for kind of progressing and working on existing material, um, he's just kind of thought I was, I was really, really close on a lot of it. Hmm, nice. Yeah. That's kind of how, that's kind of how I felt when I was reading some of your stuff. Like, yes, like it was okay. This is a really good idea, and mm-hmm. I love the way it builds to this, and the way at the end it comes back to that first point. Um, and there's just this like, so it's like you almost have this picture into okay. I see exactly what you're trying to do, but yes. I mean, I've never done any of this, so I don't, I was like, but I don't quite know what that tiny little yeah. thing is just to like tie it in a little better. And I think that's kind of a big part of it, right? Like it's figuring out what is that little part that, that you yeah. need to kind of tweak in and, and yeah. kind of that big separation between blog writing where you can kind of write that out in a long format right. that doesn't work and translate in um, on stage performance. Like it's kind of the goal is to get it across as short as possible. So you're not kind right. of dragging it out. Like you only got five minutes. Yes. So you got to you got to get these points across. You got to get started really quick, but also naturally. And you want to yes. close strong. So did you get some laughs out of the people? Yeah, I actually, yeah, I got some laughs. Um, yeah, like, it's not like, that was another thing I kind of noticed is like, even when I watched like the evening's headliner go, like, um, like people like, they're not killing it. Like no one's killing it. It's like um, pretty novice comedy, right? So I think when, when we kind of observe and we listen to comedy, we're listening to like the kind of um, the cream of the crop, world-class comedians in these massive auditoriums who are right. just crushing. And I think we kind of take for granted how, how hard that is to do. And so there was definitely um, some silence for sure yeah. um, as being, you know, completely green at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that wasn't as devastating as I thought it was going to be. Right. Just because I observed people before me do the same thing. And the guy that went right before me to... Be, Kind of like be pretty much bombed, <laughs> like pretty much a straight bomb. <laughs> so that was like, I was uh, like, oh, okay, like this guy bombed, he survived, like he just you, walked off stage, right? You know, I, you have to res- like until you're willing to get up and stand on that yeah. stage, you yeah. have to respect anyone who's hundred percent. Yeah. Now I kind of diagnosed what happened afterwards in my own head, and I was like, hmm, why did this guy bomb? And I right. kind of. There were a few things that I thought, oh, well, this is why. Like, he went up there, um, he brought, like, papers and notes with him, and he was kind of, like, shuffling through those and reading those while he was going, which I thought, like, that's not good to do. Like, you got to be more prepared than that. And then, like, the jokes that he was doing, it was kind of, like, classic, um, it was just kind of, like, dick and fart jokes. Like, it's just, where it's been done so, so much, and it, it kind of just drains on the audience i find right and uh and that was kind of just like just like wasn't that funny with the kind of things he was trying to do and then just kind of performancey stuff like he was kind of like nervous and stuttering on stage a little bit but overall it was just unprepared i thought hmm. so um well and that's the thing i mean kind of added up to a failure every joe dick and harry can make a fart or dick joke exactly so yeah. if you're going to be up on stage and claiming that as your edge i mean you probably got to be pretty good exactly yeah and uh and i noticed I mean, there was several people that went that night that was kind of like a bit of a theme like a lot of people had had those jokes and like everyone that went like they didn't really land 
Right. So it's kind of like you got to be able to read the audience a bit and just see like, okay, like the audience isn't into that. Right. Don't do them. I am also picturing myself in an audience like that, like watching these comics. I mean, hmm. I'm not going to be sitting there like laughing hysterically. Even no. if I'm listening to a story, I'll probably be like smiling or tracking or if I'm going to laugh, it's probably not like a belly laugh that like erupts out of the center exactly, of my being. Yeah. It's sort of like I'm there with my friends, I'm having some drinks and I'm having a nice time, but For I'm sure. not like like you definitely want to laugh when you're there, but you know, it's almost even like you know, if you're sitting through a sermon, like there's a couple jokes, you get like a nice little laugh and yes. then you kind of keep moving on and a story yeah. can still be funny and not even make me laugh. Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of an interesting thing. And then kind of the, the stigma of a comedy club is that you think you need to be like, you know, howling the whole time. Um, right. But it's really, that, right. that's not, that's not the vibe. No, no, no. So, mm-hmm. well, dude, I'm really, I'm really stoked that you went on that adventure and that you're hopefully going to do it again. And, have that first time first time done it's amazing yeah it's nice to kind of have that um under my belt and yeah definitely have a bunch of stuff to work on i have like a bunch of bits in beta right now that need uh need to be kind of hashed out and yeah yep. so they've asked me to come back nice and and go for round two which is kind of awesome. nice um you also said the first time you did it you wanted to be totally alone but in the end you invited our buddy adam to come down with you um yeah what prompted that because i thought you wanted to do it alone just kind of thought i mean um I don't know. I, I guess I just kind of thought um, it'd be nice to do it alone. But then, I mean, um, Adam's always, it was just like so close to his house. And I just thought, ah, oh, this guy'd be down to hang out. And, I, you know, batch week, I was lonely. <laughs> Needed some camaraderie. Yeah. And then yeah. knowing, yeah, it was great. He kind of whispered to me before I, won, before I went on, if anybody heckles you, I'm going to bottle them. <laughs> 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 Which is great, right? That's a good friend. I think that's a good friend. I think he was the right guy because it's not like me, one of your best friends, sitting there like I might have made – well, I don't know. I might have made you a little more nervous. Like he's the – Sure. I feel like he was the We're, right amount of friend to be Yes. There. Yeah, like I had to – I had a hard time getting his phone number, <laughs> right? So like <laughs> right. that's kind of the really like – I, like I had to like dig around to get this guy's phone number right. ask a few people. Right. Like he, we've been on a couple boys weekends together, but it's yeah. not like you've hung out with him a ton. Never, no, yeah, which is kind awesome. of a funny thing. I'm, I'm so happy you did that. It, it, in some ways, seemed like it was a long time coming for you to get up there, and then at the same time, yeah, not. like I feel like you haven't actually been writing that long. No, just a few months. So I'm, yeah. I'm really impressed with how fast you just, you know, went and got on stage. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's kind of like the the advice that I kind of got was like you just got to start going for it. So it's kind of never feels like there's a right time for it. So. This made sense. The, the 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 dagger is I don't really I don't like the culture of it and I don't like th- and by that I mean like I don't like the late nights like I'm a pretty uh, early right. to bed kind of guy I right. didn't even get on stage till eleven thirty oh yeah yeah in that's Barry an hour, an in hour Barry, and a half, an hour yeah. from home hour and a half oh Jer I was wrecked the next day <laughs> bad is it a work day the next day yeah oh dang <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hashtag bachelor week <laughs> absolutely yeah. Uh, any other yeah. good uh, adventures from your bachelor week? You said there were a bunch. I mean, just fun little things. Um, I found like I spent just very little time at home. Um, I had like this really interesting, I can probably talk about it later on in a later episode, but just like a really interesting like um, meeting with uh, with work. Cause I, was, I just I did kind of work a lot this past week. Um, met an interesting cat, which um, 
you know, just I'm fairly certain, Jeremy, that I've never been involved with um, the mafia at all. <laughs> Have you ever ha- had any, any encounter with the mafia? Um, there was any, one time where this, mafioso? where this, like, I mean, I don't think so, not overtly, but like, well, if I think back, you know, there were people who came into my dad's tire shop when I was working there, like in a yes. Ferrari, and you're like, okay, who has a Ferrari? Who has a Ferrari? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I definitely might have bumped into the mob or the mafia, you know, from time to time unknowingly, but, you know, I never, I never got close. So check it really quick. <laughs> like, we're going to this meeting and uh, to meet this new guy as a supplier, and uh, we met him. It's sketchy how we ended up meeting with this guy, but Dan, the guy that I work with, we're like, all right, let's go meet this guy um, and, and see if it's going to work out. So he texts us uh, his address to go meet him at, at his uh, at his plant, this facility. It's like north of Etobicoke, um, pretty rundown, like really industrial area. Yeah. And it's just all these big warehouses and just a big industrial area. So we're like looking around. It's, it, those areas are always kind of really mazy. Oh, yeah. And he d- described where his little spot was and and the fact that it was completely unmarked right so hard to describe so we're looking around we can't find this place we finally see like this disaster of a warehouse and there's this like dope murdered out porsche like carrera <laughs> 911 turbo or whatever <laughs> parked in the grass covered in salt we're like what is with this has this car been sitting here a long time right. or is it just kind of like someone's daily driver daily in, beater in february so um we see that parked outside, and we're like, "Hey, is that is that your Porsche out there?" He's like, "Yeah, that's my Porsche. I'm inside. Come in." And we're like, "Okay, very weird." Um, so we meet this guy and uh, Polish fella, nice guy, but kind of sketchy. Um, go into his office, and um, we start, you know, talking a little bit of business, but mainly he talked a blue streak about nothing to do with business <laughs> and all kinds of things. And he uh, closes the door to his office. And it was a three-hour meeting, Jeremy. You're kidding. And he smoked cigarettes in that office with the door closed uh, nonstop. At times, had a cigarette in his beak, had a lit cigarette in his hand, ready for the swap. You're kidding. Pretty hardcore. Um, <laughs> and, like, Jer- my eyes were, like, watering. I reeked of cigarette smoke. Like, I just, like, were, like, I was, like, coughing in the room as we're, like, meeting. Um and then just, you know, th- there's little clues that you pick up along the way meeting with someone like that. Uh, one of them for me was that he mentioned that he doesn't carry a gun on four separate occasions, which is a weird no. thing to bring up in a meeting with someone that you don't carry a gun because you're not afraid of being shot. <laughs> it was, it was as soon as I heard that, like the second or third time, I'm like, okay, he keeps mentioning this. There's definitely a loaded gun in this office somewhere. <laughs> 100%. You don't like that's not a normal thing to bring up in a business meeting. You're like, I'm not going to tell this guy to smoke, stop smoking cigarettes because <laughs> I could end up with a 44 caliber magnum shot to the chest. <laughs> like comments like that and then just like all of these bizarre little encounters. Um, what? At times I had to just stop to myself and I was like, hey, are we still talking about lumber? Or are we talking about <laughs> crystal meth? Like, what are we buying here? That is so weird, dude. Yeah, it was weird. It was super weird. So what do you do after at the end of a meeting like that? Are you like, all right, cool. This guy's our newest supplier. Or are you like, get out of there and never return his call ever again? Uh, I emailed him this week, actually. <laughs> about some stuff. You know, I think I it's going to work out. I kind of want to get close, but just not too close. <laughs> 
that's he awesome. like had the plant running on Saturday and we were, we met him on a Saturday and we're like, yeah, can we get a little tour around? He's like, no, no, I can't show you back there. Uh, I got some really top secret stuff going on. Can't show you. Actually. And then, yeah, actually. And then he had like this, his son working that day and his son was probably like nine years old. I'm going to say like working back in the plant. And I was like, oh yeah, he's definitely got a bunch of kids working back there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so, so weird, man. <laughs> I know it was super weird. It was super weird. He's definitely got a lot to hide. Yeah, and is yeah. I I think so. Wow, that's you that don't meet is... people like that often, right? Like in our in our world. No, you don't really meet this back alley dude in the middle of industrial Etobicoke and start bawling your eyes out because of the cigarette smoke that's yeah. clouding up the room. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The least uh, he could have done was smoked a vape pen with cotton candy flavored smoke. Come on, give me a break. I want the freaking vape pen. <laughs> Jared, what is with uh, these teens and vape? Did we already discuss this? I don't know if we've discussed this. I think we may have. I just. It, it is insane. It's insane. Uh, it, it's insane. It, it's insane. I watched this hilarious video of this person at a party going around with like a USB key. Oh, showing okay. it like it's a like a vape pen and like sticking it in people's mouths and they're all wasted and are so confused when no smoke comes out of it and then they realize <laughs> that this person stuck a USB <laughs> key in their mouth. That's, that's amazing. amazing. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we got to bring vape culture into this because no, I think it, I, I think vapes are pretty anti-adventure. Oh, uh, I I I, w- I would agree with you there, Jer. I don't think highly of someone who is hucking back a vape pen. And no offense to anyone who's doing that, and maybe I'm being super judgmental, but I'm going to be open about it. Like, it's just, it doesn't do anything. Would you rather see them smoking the real deal? Like weed or a cigarette, you mean? Oh, yeah. I I think of it, is it a weed thing? I only know it to be a cigarette thing. No, it's more of a cigarette thing, but I think you can all, there's also vaporizers for weed. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, no. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I would rather see someone just hacking a dart. Yeah, right. Though this guy in your meeting, if you're going to smoke 50 darts in two yeah. hours, I think I would rather you be sucking back a vape pen. If you're going to be burning through packs, smoking so many cigarettes, like how much would he go through a day at that rate? Maybe that's oh, just kind of what he's what he set up for himself as intimidation factor meeting scenarios to do. Yeah, but yeah, I guess it seemed so. like a lot. Well, those yeah. are good adventures, Calvin. I'm, yeah, glad, hey, to that's... See, I'm glad to see you have, uh, you know... Uh, survived and is it nice to have the family back oh it's it's so good yeah i went down and picked him up at the airport it was so fun nice. uh, but then randomly like bumped into two guys i went to high school with in the airport they were on the same flight as them no way so i ended up chatting with those guys for a long time oh that's amazing yeah that's awesome um classic airport i saw some photos and dude your son is getting so huge he's like a little boy jared don't do that man yeah, Why? he's like a little boy because he's got that that dew, right? It's all in the dew. Dude, he's like about to start walking, man. Yeah, he wants to bad. He's just he to walk. He's just yeah. ready to walk, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. He's very, uh, very ambitious, trying to walk. We got these little walkers around the house that he pushes around, and he can one hand them, and yeah, he's pretty <laughs> excited. One hand, let go, three sixty, grab back on. It's pretty funny. Like he just he'll do these big straight lines, but then he bumps into something, and that's all over. But now he's figured out to, when he bumps into something, he can just like drag it around and go kind of like a little Roomba, you know, where they just kind of they just kind of uh, self fix into the next straight line. 
<laughs> so your son's brain is currently as advanced as a Roomba. <laughs> He's at Roomba right now, which I mean, I want a Roomba, but then I'm thinking, wait, this kid's basically a Roomba. Can we make him do something productive while Roombaing around? <laughs> And, you know, he does what a Roomba does, which is, like, suck back crap on the floor, but he's sucking back food left, right, yeah. and center. <laughs> yeah. All he does he is just... eats in Roombas, just like a Roomba. <laughs> if he could somehow suck up, like, the dust and something, like, it'd be perfect. Oh. I'd be set. There, so there's a funny comedy bit right there. Roombas? Kid Roomba as, culture? Kid as Roomba. Kid as Roomba. Right? So, <laughs> But now how do you write that out and then perform it? Dude, like... Yeah, my brain kind of operates in this in kind of bits right now, right? Like where I just keep encountering funny little things and like, man, like, yeah. I think there, I think there's something there, like especially because it's so relatable to your life right now, right? So people love hearing yes. something real. So it's like, oh, I have a one, a one year old and he's like a Roomba, and people are yeah. like, what? And then you start describing the story, and it's pretty funny. Are Roombas household names? I just kind of know of them. Oh, definitely. A couple of my friends names. have them. Yeah, yeah. Roombas. Yeah. I like the uh, the dedication to actually buy a Roomba. Like people oh think this is gonna gosh. like change their life. <laughs> Never have to clean again. Okay, the the f- one of the funniest things that I've seen is like uh, people. And this is just so weird. You know how you you have that that person who like is a bit of an overshare on Facebook or just like shares weird random stuff. Yes, I have seen someone share a photo of the dirt and crap that their Roomba sucked up in their nice. house. Awesome. Awesome share. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Cheers. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. What's the expected reaction? Like, what are people hoping to get from that? They just want people to see like, man, look at how sweet this thing is. And it, Yeah, obviously it's likes, dude. Shares maybe. <laughs> they just want, like, I just want the likes. I just need some likes. Just need like some likes. This. Yeah, do you like how much hair is on their floor or does it just weird you out? <laughs> <laughs> if it's doing its job hey but we may have talked about this have you seen those giant uh lawnmower roombas yes i think uh husqvarna makes them they are unbelievable saving lives i don't know about that but saving no, chores no, they are because um a lot of these new robot lawnmowers are designed to cut on really steep hills and oh, a lot of people okay. die because they're on this hill and then the thing tips over and runs and flips over top of them, crushes them or slices them up. It's nasty. It's, uh, there's no good lawnmower death, right? Like it doesn't, you don't go down easy up against the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you don't. Dude, no. there's a lot of really dangerous things in our lives. Um, I was making a nice broccoli soup the other day and okay. I have this immersion blender. Have you seen yeah. these things? Uh, it's like a big blender wand thing. Yeah, it's like a blender wand. And then underneath is this like absolutely terrifyingly sharp blade. Yeah, with like not a whole lot of guard, right? No, it's about like half an inch below where the thing is. I was like, I don't even want to think about how scary this tool actually is. Getting a little, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I know, Jer. Uh you have to be in the right state of mind. Like cooking, while I mean, you would would be intoxicated, it would be like devastating. There must be so many injuries occurring from people trying to do that. I think Take- that's another reason why why guys get married. When you're married, you're not getting you know wasted all the time, and therefore you're not getting into dangerous escapades in the kitchen. Yeah, no, that's true. That's pretty much reason number one for me. <laughs> I was just wasted all the time trying to cook, you know, chicken carbonara. 
Oh, so many single dude stereotypes right now on this show. <laughs> it's like we didn't do any of those things. I actually no. ate fairly well in university and did not get wasted all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Uh, so, Jer, I mean, um, we're talking about robots. I mean, what's the latest on the drone? Like how are your piloting skills coming along? Oh, dude, they are they're coming along quite well. And I really found a cool new feature on this drone and it's called oh. sport mode. Come on. It, so I've I've seen those racing drones before. Is that kind of the idea? Um, I'm not totally sure, but on on I mean, you're not really going to race this one. This is not a racing drone. This so what is does like sport a, drone enable? Oh, just doubles the speed of the thing. Come on. Yeah, it's actually amazing. So um, can you norm- film while doing it? Oh yeah. So like normally it's cruising along at between kind of like thirty and thirty-five kilometers an hour, yeah, like yeah. max speed because of battery life. But okay. if you throw it into sport mode, man, I had this thing going 70 kilometers an hour into the wind. What? Yeah. 70 kilometers an hour? Yes. How could it possibly go that fast? Dude, I, it's got the, the speedometer right on it, right on the screen. Whoa. So I flew That's it incredible. like we were up on Dundas Peak. We've done that hike before. And uh, we did that with some friends last weekend. Great little adventure. If you're looking mm-hmm. for adventure, just go on a hike, get outside, take some pics bring some snacks, have some friends. So anyway, I flew it off and flew it kind of over to where the waterfall is, so like pretty far down. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to rip it back in sport mode. So I threw it into sport mode and just absolutely let her sing, and it was awesome. And But brutal on battery life is the idea. Oh, just absolutely crushed just it. Just chews through it, yeah. So like I had about 50% left when I was over there, and then I basically – Almost the second I clicked it into sport mode, like before it even started flying, it like readjusted how much battery was left and it like was like 40, 35, 40%. And then as I flew it back, it was at like 15% when I brought so it back down. So you drained it. So there's yeah. danger there, I guess, right? Like if you had it screaming in sport mode and then, because it has, like it's got a return home automatic thing, right? Where if it drains battery so low, it'll turn around automatically. Is that how it works? I think so. I mean, I'm... I have the the battery alert on at like thirty percent, so per, oh, I'm, gotcha. I'm pretty much making sure that it's gonna warn me when I need to come back. Mm-hmm. So I'm not entirely sure. Whereas if you like at thirty percent, if you just keep flying it out, like at a certain point, does it just drop it to a safe place or does it just fall out of the sky? Right. Um, like, does it recognize? Oh, I'm way too high right now. I'm absolutely gonna get murked. Uh, so I need to come down. So and I don't plan to push it that far. You know. No, I've pushed you don't drones do before, that. Calvin, and I'm yeah. not ready to do that again. Yeah, no, definitely not with your own. No, absolutely, <laughs> not. certainly not. But you know, I got the little pack that gives you three batteries, so you you got uh, lots of time for fun. Oh, that's wicked. So um, now, what have you? Do you feel have it fairly well figured out now? Like you feel confident you could do some uh, high quality, high caliber filming? I think so. One thing that I that I'm realizing you should do if you want high quality shots with a drone is only do one motion, you know, like anytime you try to like turn and do something, you're like, I've seen the footage of people doing that and it looks bad. Then then you can tell it's almost like you kind of get lost in the footage and you're just soaking it all in. And as soon as you see that, you're like, Oh, drone. Right. So it's a little bit hard to make it smooth. And even if you can make it smooth, I'm learning that, no, figure out one shot you want, either go by it sideways, go yes. straight at it, go back yep. off it. But I also haven't had a project to work on where I'm really using drone footage. I'm filming mm-hmm. a couple of weddings coming up, so I'm excited to kind of get some nice stuff there. And Good. I'm off on a work trip to the uh, 
the uh, the beautiful Caribbean this yes. uh, this week. So I'm going to try to get some nice uh, sunset, not sun, yeah, maybe sunset or sunrise uh, stuff on the beach. Um, so who knows? Because That's you great. know, I, I can't be out on the beach at high noon, or else I will melt. No, yeah, that's not your zone, not your. It's not your cross to bear right there. No, um, I will burn into oblivion. That's a cool. Um, perhaps I mean you're there for work. You're working for this company, right? Like if you were able to put together like a couple like a couple one minute vids of the conference, you could probably sell that to them, right? That's a good point. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like of like the big group shots, couple of big, I don't know, like games or whatever they're doing together. I don't know how it works, but um, it'd be pretty cool. That's a good point. I've actually thought about doing that for my clients because I go to a lot of the the team building sessions that we run. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, I should just take like a little bit of footage, a few photos, clip together like a little thank you for working with us video and send it yeah. over to them. And they would just be pumped as a little value they go add. gaga on that. And then, uh, yeah, like we just had um, a whole bunch of footage done in our work. Um drone included which yep. is pretty cool um but it's great like we were, we were all over getting the footage from them and they nice. were gonna they're gonna give us like a whole bunch of raw footage like all extra stuff that was not going to be used in the proper video oh cool um which is going to be great to have are you and, doing uh, some of the social stuff for your company still yes very little but yes but it's all on you or some of it's on you mm, it's kind of a shared burden okay well yeah, yeah and then just one day like put six clips together get them locked and loaded so that like you can share stuff every couple days well, for sure, yeah, that's really nice. Um, nice they they crashed their drone while uh, while working on our property, which so is pretty awesome. funny. So yeah, awesome. <laughs> so good. Guys, just so devastated. Smash right into a log. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, they are precarious. <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. It's just so, an um, interesting balance of control and like technology that like stops things from happening, right? It's, but anyway, yeah, and uh, and the risk for the shot too, right? Got to risk it for this really nice shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jared, you've got some really exciting news for, for me. You've got some exciting news for our audience. And it, just as far as RV updates go, uh, what can you tell us? Where are we at right now? Calvin, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it had been a while since we gave an update. And mm -hmm. we had this conversation where it's like, are we still going to do what we said we would do? Which is get this thing back on the road and possibly do an entire internal overhaul to make it way more chill way more mm -hmm. nice and you know have that as a project and mm -hmm. it kind of fell off the map because who really wants to work for free and put this engine in not a lot of people let me tell you that and even if you're going to get someone to do something for you for free then you have no leverage to put a deadline on things you know what i'm saying correct right so we were a you little are at bit, the mercy we were a little bit lost what are we going to do are we going to do it you know, all of these questions um, as we were in kind of that depth uh, of winter. And we mm -hmm. said, no, let's wait because spring is just around the corner. Hope and optimism are arising within us. And I have some great news. Lay it on us. This is not confirmed. However, I am pretty sure we have confirmed some investors and when i use the word investors i use that word very loosely however there is a group um of the next generation of adventurers who are looking to do a cross canada journey they are looking to purchase an rv then they're like man this is a giant hassle and it's going to be like six thousand dollars i wonder if our friend and fellow adventurers 
Jeremy and Calvin would let us use their RV. Oh, I know it's broken, but what if we were to get that thing back on the road, pitch a few hundred bucks each, then they get it all running for us, and then we take it across the country. So now there I love is I, money on the table. I love the proposition. I love, um, you know, we're we're in a we're in a problem, right? That, that we're in a pinch, and uh, I mean, sometimes you know, when we're dealing with high caliber businesses such as this RV, um, the solution is to bring in an investor with fresh eyes, fresh perspective on the situation, and uh, and they have their own desire, right? different than ours but uh, they're at a different stage and they want to be able to get out what we've uh, got out of this thing which has meant a lot to us in our lives and I think that's the best part about it where not only are we going to hopefully get this thing back on the road Mm -hmm. in a in a meaningful way that like if you pay for it you're you know it's going to actually do what it's supposed to do not like some backyard fix Um, yes so a we get the RV back on the road. B these guys actually save money for their trip, and yeah, they're yeah. they're at this life stage where they can do the one month, two month adventure that we can't anymore, mm-hmm. and it actually gives me great, great joy to be able to provide that for other people. I love it. I just love um, being able. To, like we've had so much fun in that thing, and then just having, um, I guess, just being able to kind of be part of it in a small way of other people getting into that and enjoying it and seeing the value and seeing, um, you know, so many people look at that thing with just, um, contempt. Oh, Jer, contempt and just don't feel inspired in any way by it. Don't see the value. Um, and don't see the inspiration. And these guys, I just feel like if they have that same vision that we do, we're just like souls. Absolutely. And one thing I also really like about these guys is, I've been kind of the one guy who I work with. I've been kind of journeying with him in his thinking about what they want to do. Like a while ago, he brought up this trip that they're doing. And I was like, oh, man, what are you guys thinking of going? And they're like, ah, we're thinking of maybe a trailer, maybe an RV, but, you know, probably a trailer. And I was like, well, man, I have a I have a pop up trailer that uh, that I could, you know, lend to you guys. All you need is an SUV that can pull it. And that could be that could be great. Rental fee would be very, very minimal. Right. And he was like, dude, that's, that sounds amazing. I sent him some photos. He was all stoked. Then as he's chatting with his buddies, they're like, oh, yeah, this would be good. But what would be even better is an RV, which is the exact same conclusion we came to, yes. whatever, in yes. 2009, 2010, when we actually bought this thing. And so it was very fun to kind of journey along with him to like have a solution, but it not quite be there. And then to like for them to come to a place where each of those guys, those six guys are willing to put down you know, a few hundred dollars to get this thing back on the mm-hmm. road just gives me so much joy. I mean, honestly, it's a it's a pretty big difference traveling in an RV and traveling in your car towing a tent trailer. Like, it's, I mean, for me, so much of it is about that time in the rig on the road, right? So much, and that, that's what makes it these long journeys so possible is like, it's just endless entertainment when you're inside. I mean, you don't want to be cooped up in a little, you know, whatever, Ford car new no. when you're traveling down the highway you gotta I mean that gets no attention I mean you, you can't play cards you know can't be cooking on the road do anything gotta pull over to go to the bathroom like an idiot yeah it's not good it's not right it's not no, right it's, it's no way to travel no way it's yes a way to camp but it's no way to travel sure so yeah. I would say you're right Kelvin it is night and day difference between an RV and a trailer 
And if these guys wanted the trailer, happy to provide it. You'd still have fun. Mm -hmm. It'd be more of a camping-based trip. With the RV, the possibilities are simply endless. So none of this is confirmed yet, obviously, but I just, I thought I would share with everybody that, Mm -hmm. you know, not only... Um, is the dream still alive? We're we're passing on the legacy in a small way to the next generation of adventurers, and that just gives us great pleasure. I'm excited to work out the details in this because that's always that seems kind of fun to me. Like when once we start like really, if, if it does go down, like just working out all the little idiosyncrasies with this rig, right? Because like yeah. we know it pretty well. Like we can pop that doghouse off and screw around with the starter and whatever we do to keep it on the road. Um, these guys, who knows what their mechanical experience is like, even ours is so, so limited, but, uh, it requires, I mean, some intuition and some, uh, clever MacGyvering, right? Yeah. And I'm hoping out of these six guys, there's, you know, there's kind of got to be like at the bare, bare minimum one, but ideally two or three who kind of know something. And I think Mm -hmm. these guys are a little more, I I have no idea, but I, I gather they're a little more city, uh, city guys than like they just country, think country boys. hop in and go yeah and the other thing is that thing is if you haven't driven a lot of big vehicles in your life i mean that is a big vehicle on the road oh yeah yeah and, you feel the wind on that baby you know and the steering you got about a solid eight eighth of a turn on the steering wheel before anything even happens you know there's there's some play <laughs> there's some play yep so i mean i 30 it, years will do that to you. When this ends, it's, dude, it's like 45 years old. Yeah, you're right. It's <laughs> 79. Well, what is that actually? Ugh, yeah, that's very old. Um, so anyways, when I end up, when this end, ends up happening, you know, there's, there's still risk from every party. Yeah, yeah. But that's, again, part of the fun. Never should we let risk dictate, uh, you know, I mean, maybe risk should dictate. I'm not totally sure what I'm saying. It shouldn't be the only factor. And here's the other interesting thing, Jared, like people that have no experience with that, um, what better way to kind of get thrown into the kitchen, right? No better way. Um, no better way. You got to figure it out. You got to get clever. Otherwise, you're just spending tons of dough. Yep. And then hopefully we can have some photos from their trip to throw up on the on the podcast page. The fear, of course, is that they just end up destroying the machine further. Yeah. Not and being I able think... to care for it properly. But but that's the other thing, whereas if they're paying to get the motor fixed back up, we mm-hmm. do this like fun little internal reno on the cheap. Like we're going to try mm-hmm. to get to either you use only used materials or like something yeah, like that. Yeah, spruce it up. You know, I think you come to an agreement where it's like, okay, you have to get this thing back home unless it's like the most insane circumstances. You know what I mean? Yes, it has um, to return. It has to return unless, you know, something absolutely crazy happens, in which case, you know. We don't really care. Like that's the thing. We hold yeah. it. We hold it loosely enough. There better be a good story. Oh, there better be an amazing story. And you know, yeah. if we have to fly out there to roll it off a cliff or have our giant bonfire, so be it. Very down for that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. so that's the RV update. Um, we're gonna keep that update updated. Um, mm-hmm. my dad is is right now good calling words. calling a <laughs> great words, Jeremy. My dad's right now calling a few people uh in his network to see if there's someone who wants to uh wants to work wants the job. Um we're considering using the guy who fixed it the first time when we had to rebuild the motor and I think he did a great mm-hmm. job. It was it was my yeah. uh, my own stupid fault that it broke again. Um not his. So he might he might be a candidate and once we make some of those calls, yeah, Calvin, to your point, we can get some of those details rolling. It's all in the cell, right? Like you got to really be able to sell the passion for this project. 
I mean, the people, they've got to be on board. They can't see it as this big lunker of an RV and, and, uh, and want to get it to work. And that's why I think gotta, I want to go back to the You got to see what it guy. means to people. Yeah. Because he spent a lot of time getting to know So him. it would be neat for him to know that like, man, I did work on this like five, six years ago. These guys have been using it ever since. Like that'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. Maybe like should, that was worthwhile to do that. We should maybe interview him. He put some good, you know, blood, sweat and tears into that vehicle. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Took a lot of panicked phone calls from us on the road. <laughs> oh, I'm remembering back to that is so good. Oh, sad, sad nights, Jer. Stranded. Stranded. But it's all part of it. We've never we've never gone and it's been completely smooth, right? And these guys should expect nothing less um for their trip. No, in fact, we've we've made it very clear that you actually do it in fact and expect it to break down at least once per trip. For sure. Absolutely. Even if it's just like constantly pulling over because it's overheating you gotta let this sucker cool down it's all part of it even if the gas tank has a hole in it it's leaking out the top that is rv travel you know <laughs> uh, you're not in your ford escape pulling a tent trailer not anymore baby nope calvin this has been great um congrats on the adventure i'm about to go on an adventure i'll catch you up next week on how my trip was yeah that would um, be great just a quick jump down to punta cana is the dominican republic considered the caribbean I'll tell you what, Jared, I've never been that direction in my life. Um, it doesn't appeal to me a whole lot, so I have no idea. I thought Punta Cana was, um, I think I thought that was Mexico. Yeah, I mean, it's, what, yeah, I guess I now feel like a bit of an idiot for not knowing my geography and what, uh, if that is considered the Caribbean, but who cares? We're going somewhere warm in the middle of March here. Um, that should be a decent little adventure. I'm excited about the RV. Um, life's good. Cool, dude. Um, we, you're going next week? No, Monday. Oh, you're going Monday. Nice. Monday to Wednesday. Uh, cool. Cool, cool. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to you. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some good, uh, or you'll get some good fo- footage you can share with us. Yeah, that'll be fun. I love the portability of that little rig, Jer. Like, so easy to bring along for a trip like that. Absolutely amazing. It's no burden. No burden. And in fact, a pleasure. Yeah. I want, oh, th- that is I like the most useful space taking up in my luggage. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I would sacrifice a lot to fit that thing, but you don't even need to. <laughs> but you don't even need to. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this podcast with your friends if you think they'd find it interesting. Uh, follow us on Instagram and, uh, you know, leave us a review on iTunes if that's something you're into. We got pretty good hey, reviews that'd be right nice. now. That'd be I really we nice. we do all right. We don't offend too many people. No, 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 no. Um, but we're also not, you know, overly politically correct. Actually, maybe we are. I don't know. Hells no, we ain't. <laughs> All right. Very good. Friends, go find some adventure and tell us about it. See you next week. Maybe next week. We're not like weekly anymore, though. (laughs) See you soon.